You've got AI in the background of an intelligent platform that's constantly analyzing, looking for patterns and making suggestions that are intelligent and personalized, and then ensuring that you democratize the analytics and data science around all the business units, getting it into the hands of the right people to better engage directly with customers. This is all about reducing the time and effort between data insight and action. Welcome to the Future of a Consumer and Retail podcast by SAP. I'm Matt Gardner, here with my colleagues David Gruen and Randy Evans, all of us part of SAP's retail advisory practice. Today, we're going to be discussing focus areas for 2022 in the grocery industry. David, Randy, welcome to the call. Please introduce yourselves in case the audience hasn't heard from you before. My name is Dave Gruen. I'm happy to be here. I have a little over 30 years of retail experience and worn a variety of hats. I've been a management consultant for a major consulting group. I've been a retail CIO in the specialty segment, and I've been with two major global technology providers, all focused on harnessing emerging technologies to enhance customer experience, that being Microsoft and SAP. And I'm excited to have this conversation today. And I'm Randy Evans. I'm also an industry advisor focused on food retailing, so grocery, drugstore, convenience stores. Been with SAP for 14 years, focused exclusively on food retailing for that time. Prior to that, I worked in the industry. I was at HEB for 10 years, American stores for 20 years. So that means I'm an old guy. I've got 44 years of experience in either selling into retail or actually working in the retail grocery business. And I am also happy to be here. Thank you both so much. I'm excited hearing your backgrounds just for us to get into the topic today, because obviously you've both seen a lot of trends and how they've shifted over time. I can imagine you really can see where things are headed as we move into 2022. And so maybe we'll start, David, with just a list of initial ideas. What is it that we should get a feel for? And then we can maybe unpack those one by one so we can help listeners know where to focus to get the maximum impact out of their efforts. I've never seen anything like the convergence of things that are going on now. And so when you walk through this list, I think it really summarizes a lot of the key focus areas that retail executives are facing today. And so that would be hyper-personalized experiences, a commitment to customer centricity, centralizing customer data achieving supply chain visibility, prioritizing customer values, and driving customer loyalty. So it's a, it's a long list, but what fascinates me most about this list is that when you boil it down, it really all points to one thing, and that's retail putting the customer at the center of their universe and differentiating their businesses by being able to effectively create personalized experiences and promotions. Gardner did a marketing leader survey and shows that over 80% of organizations expect to compete mainly based on customer experience, meaning that this skill of realizing benefits and competing this way is going to be in very high demand. And we like to say that if customer experience is retail's new success battlefield, personalization is the engine that drives that success, and customer data is the fuel that's going to run that engine. It's amazing. And it's really interesting because some folks go, wait a minute. I've been in retail for 30 years, actually 40 years, and there's not a point in time when I didn't think about or didn't care about the customer. But the difference today is it's not just about that individual in a store. Today, it's that person in a store, but also online. And the common denominator is the data generated by those transactions and those journeys. 
to drive a better relationship. I can now know that shopper better than ever because I'm 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 accessing them and their data at the same time. And it's not just about collecting data, which I think we're in unprecedented times in terms of the amount of data that we call them digital diamonds that consumers are leaving all over the floor of the internet in a variety of places. It's about using that data to be more intelligent and to know what the customer wants, then plan out how and when to best deliver it. I mean, customers are on hundreds of journeys with dozens of brands making thousands of interactions every day. Grocers have to manage these journeys as best they can based on predictions of customer preferences and intent. And it's a daunting challenge because we're literally talking about creating individual personalized relationships with customers. I can remember back in my early days at American stores, Jewel in Chicago was one of the first grocers to produce a loyalty card. And we were fanatically looking to get access to that data. But what we got was overwhelmed. We had tons of data, tons and tons and tons of data, but we couldn't make any sense of it because there, there was no correlation and there was no ability to see the customer in the data. We could see the transaction, but that's about it. And that isn't enough. This is about establishing and developing and maintaining a personal relationship. And merely looking at loyalty card transactional data is not enough. One of the things I love about focusing on the retail industry is every person who works in retail is also a customer in retail. So you get a firsthand vantage point of not just what it's like to serve customers, but to be one, right? And when I think of all the things that I buy at a grocery store, I mean, the invaluable wealth of information that artificial intelligence and an effective customer data platform could discern about me as a person. And if a grocer could establish a trusted relationship with their customers to where customers wanted them to be a guide in terms of how to help them achieve certain things in their life, whether it's health or a new relationship or a new baby in the family, the ability to take those aspirations and the data that as a trusted relationship, the customer sharing, and then all the elements of things that are being bought within a grocery store, you could add real value to a customer's life. And that's what turns, in my opinion, you start adding value to customers' lives, you turn loyal customers into customer evangelists and customers for life. David, it's such a good point with this idea of collecting data and the concept of not just first-party data, but also what's sometimes termed zero-party data. What can we get customers to give willingly because of that trust that's been earned with them? Obviously, we have things coming from transactions. We have different things that might be happening through what Randy said around loyalty cards and mapping a lot of these various pieces together. And I'd be curious to hear both of your perspectives on customer values. What are some of the best-in-class ways that companies are making sure they are aligning to those values and serving those values? Look at the Gen Z generation in particular. More than any other generation, they are imposing their values on brands. I mean, I've got a millennial daughter who is adamant. She won't shop at retailers who are known to treat their employees poorly or aren't in support of things like sustainability or in fashion upcycling. And so there are two dilemmas there. One is, assuming you know about it, how do you cater to that group of people? Because, I mean, the millennials and the Gen Zs on their foottails are now the driving force of the world's global economy. So it's a force 
to be reckoned with, and they're insistent about it. So how do you collect this information? I mean, how do you get what their values are? And this transitions into this notion of customer trust. I mean, Rila just did some research that found a majority of consumers, 63%, actually don't mind sharing personal data, which includes their values and motivations and attitudes. But it's in exchange for benefits such as coupons, loyalty points, exclusive deals, the ability to be treated specially. Accenture points out that customers want retailers to become trusted advisors. And again, this is where I think the grocery industry has a bit of an advantage. Being a trusted advisor is a core element of a brand's purpose going forward. And a grocer's ability to add real value in so many ways, I think, is exciting as an opportunity, but daunting as a challenge. If you think about back in the day when the store was the only source for customer service, I was a meat supervisor. I had 35 stores and I had a couple of meat managers that were spectacular at customer service. They were knowledgeable. They were trusted advisors, but I didn't have 35 of them. I had two. In this new world, the scalability of that trusted advisor status is off the charts because now I can do it centrally, which when you're capable or you think that way, the culture shift to customer centricity delivers that amazing customer experience. As we start to infuse AI into all that we do, the concept of letting the technology decipher an answer and delivering the answer on a scale is absolutely a part of what will be taking place as we begin to drive into utilization of technology. Randy, that's a great point. Let's dive deeper into this concept of AI. How might it play a role in balancing the delivery of what customers want while keeping costs under control? I think AI is a fascinating topic. I mean, there's so many areas to apply it. Retailers need to embrace the culture to accept AI as you're a people-powered company, but you're data-centric driven. And so harness AI on the focus areas that you want to get better at. I mean, this. Yeah, I this, agree with that 100%. Yeah, this philosophy around testing, iterating, trying and failing, and starting again quickly is something, especially grocers, it, it kind of goes against their DNA. But I mean, I was at FMI two or three years ago, and they were saying, we need to reinvent ourselves in this space. And you got to be able to do, as you just said, David, don't go in with an expectation of you're going to get this perfect answer. There's this kind of, if we're going to do all this tech, we're going to expect it to be a thousand percent better than what we would do ourselves. And the truth is, it ultimately could be, but it has to learn. It has to collect data. You have to work with it. And so adoption of AI is not a light switch. It's a evolutionary process. And you got to start and stop and start and stop and start and stop till the you start to really understand the impact that it can have on your business in a positive way. Let's talk a bit about how this relates to another absolutely essential element on this list, which is supply chain. While ecosystems are becoming more complex, I would imagine AI could certainly help as a counterbalance to move towards simplicity. What's important for retailers to know today in this area? Supply chain visibility and knowing where products not only are but need to be is about keeping the promises that you make. And customer experience is all about you make compelling promises and then you keep those promises. Gartner just released uh, analysis indicating that evolving data communications networks will help drive 25% of artificial intelligence-based supply chain decisions to what they call edge ecosystems. 
which are physical locations where things, people, and data connect, such as distribution centers. I mean, these ecosystems transform operations by allowing decision-making close to the original source of information. So AI in a very digitally connected supply chain is going to be essential to achieving personalized experience and customer experience. Supply chain visibility. You know, David, you and I could probably spend the rest of the day discussing what it actually means because, you know, your point about keeping the promises you make, it all ends up in inventory at some point in time. And you could point to customer service prior to the pandemic was not nearly where the industry thought it was because they didn't have supply chain visibility. They didn't know that when Mrs. Jones was shopping in their stores and going to the Cheerios and finding them out of stock. They had no idea that was happening. They didn't really discover it until there was a selector with an order in his hand that went to the same place on shelf and found the out-of-stock and recorded it. They realized that their service level wasn't the 99% they thought it was, that the service level was substantially less than that. And that realization alone has impacted the way these folks are looking at their business in ways that they never would be willing to look at it. Because the thought of perpetual inventory is just like, no, we can't do it. It's too hard. The good news is we can do it. Yeah, I think that ties into one of the most complex challenges on this list, which is committing to customer centricity. You know, we talk a lot about the concepts of becoming customer adaptive retailers on SAP's website, the customer channel, which I encourage everyone to go out and look at because a lot of the foundational elements we're discussing are ingrained into the five pillars of the customer channel. But one of the things we highlight in that focus area of the customer channel is that to be successful in creating hyper-personalized experiences and promotions, you've got to digitally transform your business and you've got to culturally transform your business to become customer-centric. And so you brought up a very interesting point about you know, retailers who are like, ah, oh, you know, I, I can't really do perpetual inventory. It's just not what we do. And yet a customer-centric culture, literally every opportunity, every challenge, every new event that occurs the very first words out of any employee's mouth has to be, how is this going to impact the customer? So when they say, you know, we're not going to implement perpetual inventory. Well, all right, how does that impact the customer? Are you selling them product literally in a virtual shopping cart that you don't know you have only to disappoint them later when you can't fulfill that order? That's not customer centric. So I think retailers and especially grocers need to be cautious about focusing too heavily on one of those two prerequisites, which is digital transformation. That's where everybody's focused now after the pandemic, laser focus on digital transformation. But to do so at the diminishment of the cultural transformation, I like to say it this way, digital transformation will enable grocers to execute their vision of personalized experiences. The cultural customer-centric transformation is what will enable them to achieve that vision. You can set out to create an environment and an intelligent platform that enables you to execute it, and then you can execute it really poorly. But the ultimate destination is creating those relationships and personalized experience, and that's going to take a customer-centric culture that can truly achieve the vision. Customer-centric culture has got to permeate the entire business not just stores or not just marketing or merchandising, because the tendency is to say, well, they're the ones that are putting out customer offers, collecting customer data, making the assortment decision, whatever. But the supply chain geeks, they don't care. That warehouse manager, he's not customer centric. He's running a warehouse and there's specific things he has to do. 
But the truth is, he's just as important in the customer service conversation because in the future, when he's looking at a purchase order that's going to be late or not delivered on time, he can now see the customer in that order. Before, it's just a list of products that are on the purchase order. But now he's going to be able to see there are customer orders on this truck. So the conversation isn't about what are we going to do with it when we delay the receipt. It's about how do we fulfill that customer order if we miss this receipt? And that's a different conversation. Again, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't mean that you're not customer focused today, but your transformation to customer centric includes all aspects of your business. All of these things ultimately are intertwined and related. You've got AI in the background of an intelligent platform that's constantly analyzing, looking for patterns and making suggestions that are intelligent and personalized, and then ensuring that you've democratized the analytics and data science around all the business units, getting it into the hands of the right people to better engage directly with customers. This is all about reducing the time and effort between data insight and action. Absolutely, David. And I think that's actually a great place for us to close out this episode. This has been a great conversation. And if people want to learn more about these areas, where can they go or how can they best connect with you to have a deeper conversation about the unique challenges that they're facing? The first thing, both David and I will be at FMI Midwinter in Orlando. So if you're headed there, we have a place to meet and we'd love to sit down and have a deeper conversation with you. Yes, and I would also, as I mentioned, point people to our website on the customer channel. Just search the customer channel. It's in conjunction with RIS News. There's a tremendous amount of information out there that dives deeper into these core concepts. And then I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I mean, you, you can reach out directly to me at david.gruen, G-R-U-E-H-N at sap.com. And my is randy.evans, E-V-I-N-S at sap.com. I've had a lot of fun with this. We could have talked for another couple of hours because it's interesting topic. Yes, no doubt. And I'm sure we're going to have many conversations ahead. So thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. Happy to be here. You're welcome. In this podcast episode, we walked through a number of key focus areas for 2022 in the grocery industry. To take the conversation deeper, connect with SAP experts at FMI Midwinter or visit the related websites both listed in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to sharing again with you in the future.